Hello and welcome to Camera Eats First. My name is Devin. And I'm Catherine. And together we are two market girls. We run a vegan YouTube channel and a blog. And this is our podcast where we talk about things like veganism, how we make our recipes, how we run our blog, and we keep you up to date on trending news topics in the vegan world. Now, this is episode 100. Your voice kind of cracked there. I'm, just, I'm really choked up. <laughs> I can't believe we made it this far. Yeah. I didn't think we could do it. We did it but we made it through. Okay, on this episode, we're going to talk about content growth at TMG. But first, we got to do the news. This is Plant-Based News with Kat and Dev, bringing you their unsolicited opinions on the stories and scandals taking the vegan world by storm. Hello and welcome to the news. I'm Devin. And I'm Catherine. Today making news, Saudi Arabian vegan prince predicts Beyond Meat will be cheaper than animal flesh by 2025. He actually says by maximum 2025. So like at the latest. I think he thinks we could do it sooner. Is this just his opinion? I think so. So I don't understand why this is news. (laughs) I think it's a great um, title. And I think uh, is it a great we fell title? for it. I clicked on it because it's a stupid title. Yeah, but that in itself makes it great because it made you click on it, okay. right? And so I so guess, okay, that how do we define thick, great? Yeah. Anything that makes you click on it is a great title? Well, these days, yeah. Okay. We live in a clickbait world. But I would argue that if you clicked on it and read it and didn't share it after that. Then it's not. Then it's not a great title. Because okay, so it's good, but it's not great. Yeah. It okay. gets you to click on it, but it doesn't get you to share it and talk about it. Well, I mean, we're talking about it, but you know. I know. And I'm glad we're talking about the right things, like <laughs> the title and how we feel about the title. <laughs> talking about content but growth. As far as the article goes, it sounds like he was on CNBC. He said, we are really focused on companies that solve problems that the world is going through right now. And one of those problems, actually one of the biggest problems we're facing right now is global warming. The third most impactful industry is the animal agricultural industry. And we have to just find a better way to source protein for people. Yes, Catherine has raised her hand. What does he do? Other than be a prince. He, it sounds like because he has lots of prince money. He has an investment firm, so he invests in a lot of vegan companies, including United Kingdom-based The Burger Co., San Diego-based oh. chain Plant Power Fast Food, and Beyond Meat. Okay, so he just has a lot of money. Yes. And, and invests in these companies. And he has people that tell him what companies are going to do well. Yeah. Okay. And I guess they brought him on because if he invests in these companies that are working to try and make their products cheaper, then he must have some insights. I guess so. So after it gets past the interview with the prince, it goes a little bit more into how producers of vegan products are um, can be affected by things like government subsidies, helping the agriculture industry and not helping them. And they're having a difficulty optimizing raw materials and their production capacities. So for that, like we've seen just the egg company move to a bigger facility so that they can expand their um, production. And then we've also had Beyond Meat talk about how they're trying to source from sunflower seeds and lupin instead of rice and pea protein because those raw materials, I guess, are cheaper and easier to produce from. Interesting. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought rice and pea protein were expensive ingredients. That's what it says. So Ethan Brown like, is exploring new, cheaper raw materials. Interesting. Because like rice is one of those things that vegans are like, you can eat rice and beans. 
Oh, that's true. So I would not never have assumed rice would be one of those more expensive raw ingredients, raw materials. I'm not sure, but I guess sunflower seeds and lupin are where it's at now. What is lupin? I don't. I thought that you would know. <laughs> I only know Professor Lupin from <laughs> Harry Potter. I, <laughs> I love me some Professor Lupin. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, he's my favorite character. That's nice. Let's see what lupin is. Oh, do they mean lupini beans? Just says lupin. Yeah, it says lupin or lupini beans. I know what lupini beans are. So it's a lupini bean? beans are delicious, yeah. Oh, okay. I guess so. So, yeah, that's all we have about uh, the future of plant-based protein and, and how it's prints. definitely going to become cheaper by 2025. Thanks to the Saudi prints. But what also might help vegan food is a new vegan culinary school that's opening in Colorado. Right. This is one that Catherine sent me with a great title. Yeah, it has a great okay, title. Okay, this excited. one passes. Yeah. The Vegan Fusion Culinary Academy, led by acclaimed vegan chef Mark Reinfeld, will train the next generation of chefs in the fastest growing segment of the food industry. Our goal is to provide a comprehensive, hands-on culinary education combining the latest skills, techniques, and equipment with time-tested methodologies to create stellar vegan and raw cuisine. So it's going to be located in Colorado, and they've applied to be accredited as, like, the first vegan culinary school in the United States. Wow. Yeah. They're going to have three distinct programs, an intense full-time course for aspiring chefs, two-day and five-day training for current culinary professionals, and evening classes and five- to ten-day immersions for home cooks. Hmm. So just bring in on all the culinary education. Yeah. They're going to host educational workshops and professional intensives for working chefs and community events. They're going to have guests like um, Miyoko from oh, cool. Miyoko's. I don't recognize any of the other names, but there's Ron Pekarski, Fran Costigan, JL Fields, and Drina Burton. So, Catherine, would you yeah. ever go to one of these no. workshops? Oh, workshops. I don't think that you would apply full time. No, absolutely But would you not. go to like one of the ones for home cooks or... I mean, if it was in Toronto, probably. What if Maybe? they invited you to Colorado? Oh, yeah, sure. I'll go for a trip to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you watch a lot of cooking shows. Yeah. But a lot of times the methods you see them using aren't entirely like vegan based. So yes. if somebody went to culinary school and they were vegan, they'd probably still have to cook meat, right? Yeah. Oh, so absolutely. So do you think yeah. that that's a big deterrent of vegan chefs now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I have no, I don't know. I don't know anything about chefs. I think this is a question for Frazier. <laughs> That's true. Um, I don't know. I don't think it should be. It probably is, but I don't think it should be. But now having a school like this and hopefully more schools incorporated into I their education. It, I think it depends how they do it. Why? What are you worried about? Because I still think we want to keep up those like cooking techniques we use on meat. Just figure out how to use them with plant-based proteins instead but i don't know how they're doing it if they're gonna like are they talking about seitan instead or are they talking Mm. about like like, i don't know what kind of because there's different like ways people approach plant-based food so i don't know if they're gonna go with like the way of like let's make this whole foods based or let's make this like we don't use really mock meats to get the same texture or anything like, like i don't know what their approach is gonna be how does a uh, culinary school decide their approach anyways? I don't know. I guess sometimes it's, it's based on, yeah. Past cuisine. Like a certain cuisine. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, I I think we'd probably know more if we knew more about the guy who's starting it. Yeah. I have no idea who he is. 
Do you? No. Okay. Critically acclaimed. That's all I know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of critically acclaimed people that I don't know. So, um, he, so I think it kind of depends on what kind of stuff he does. So I'm curious to see how they do it. Yeah. Like if it's going to be like those places where you go to a vegan restaurant, not saying the food isn't, is bad, but you know, it's vegan food Mm -hmm. or if it's going to be, are they trying to like use French techniques or whatever techniques and make vegan food with it mm-hmm. so i'm curious i don't know i think i agree with you that it should it needs to be a fusion right yeah because we don't want veganism to ignore all the things we know about what makes food taste good yeah and like a lot of those things are built into cultures now so by doing that like not saying veganism can't be its own thing and stuff mm-hmm. but like if you want people to eventually go over to a vegan diet you need to incorporate some things from their culture that like they're used to and how they cook things and how they do stuff because like cooking is such a huge part of people's culture mm-hmm. most people's culture do you think it would make sense for like companies or restaurants to send their existing chefs to like a workshop here so those chefs like if they wanted to have more plant-based uh items on their menu like if, oh, just a regular restaurant yeah yeah, yeah, yeah send probably. their chefs to the workshop so that they can learn how to properly make vegan food probably. and then they might add in some of the techniques they already know as well yeah i would probably yeah i think that'd be really interesting to hear about but mm-hmm. i don't know how we'd ever learn about that kind of yeah. stuff i'm sure there are still like even people out there like vegan restaurant consultants out there too that mm-hmm. go to restaurants if restaurants want it but i don't know maybe those don't exist i just assumed they would someone would have been cashing in on that opportunity i would have assumed. maybe not yet <laughs> but this is so this is the first one in the states i don't know if there's any outside of no idea north america but hopefully we see more of this yeah. and i actually don't know either with the colleges and universities around us how yeah. much vegan cooking is in that curriculum yeah i would just yeah i think it would be cooler to see like not saying this isn't awesome to see but i would love to see like a george brown create a whole program on vegan cooking like build it into a ready like a really strongly accredited cooking school mm-hmm. so that you can go to George Brown and still have that like that name behind you but now you're just majoring or whatever it is in vegan cooking instead oh. like, I feel like it'd be cooler to see the bigger schools culinary schools build out a program there yeah and to be fair we haven't done the research so we no. don't know if it already exists hopefully it does and if it does we should maybe find out yeah. and talk about it. Well, like I think I think George Brown has vegan cooking classes yeah. that you can take as part of your like learning, but I don't think they have like a whole program mm. around it. Yeah. From what I know about it. Okay. Yeah. I think it should just focus on making vegetables as great as they can be. Yeah. Cuz again, that's what you get at any restaurant or culinary school, right? They put more thought into all of the it's components. The yeah. yeah making the ingredients the best they can yeah whereas yeah. when we're cooking at home i feel like we tend to put a lot of thought into maybe just the protein yeah and then the vegetables is like a side thought yeah which we shouldn't be doing anymore yeah. figuring out how to pair certain vegetables with other things and stuff like that exactly yeah. that's what i have learned yeah from you me and watching um john favreau's oh, chef show on netflix that is the best cooking show so good ever if you guys I, if you're if you guys like cooking shows and don't mind watching things that are some animal based because obviously they yeah there's meat it's not a vegan show there's no cooking show that's a vegan show um it's a great great show to learn from because they don't they also don't take themselves too seriously Mm -hmm. which i appreciate so much you learn so much it's such a fun show to watch i would very recommend watching the chef show the chef show right i think so the chef cooking show the chef show yeah the chef show (laughs) 
And it's just like John Favreau and his, he'll bring on guests to help him cook. Yeah. So last week we watched the one with Seth Rogen, which was really so good. good. And like, it's mine and Devin's goal. That's like basically our dream show to have. It's just cooking. cook with friends, yeah. hang out, cook good food. There, There is technique involved, but it's not necessarily about teaching it. It's about letting people observe it, right? Mm-hmm. And seeing the joy in cooking. Because it, it's like, it literally looks like so much fun yeah. watching them cook. And it makes me want to cook. And then they just have this casual running commentary that's very entertaining. Yeah. We could totally do it. Let's we do should it. do it. Okay, we need a crew and a studio. Hi, if there's a crew out there listening and a studio out there listening. Hit us up. We're ready. TwoMarketGirls at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, we're going to pivot a little bit. Ross Geller pivot. And we're going to talk about vegan egg coming to colleges and cafeterias. Ooh. Because California-based food tech company Just, which I just bought some of it <laughs> in the States yesterday. Yeah, we went to Buffalo. They've partnered with global food service corporation Sodexo. And this is a company that serves over 13,000 sites across U.S. and Canada. So they supply to places like colleges, healthcare facilities, and corporate buildings or corporate facilities, I guess you would call them. Yeah. So they offer a bunch of items on their site and then those facilities will decide which ones they want to offer. And now that they've partnered with Just, those companies can choose to have Just Egg in their cafeterias and in their facilities. Just, 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 Just Egg. I'm kind of surprised that this partnership has come right now. Why? Because we know that Just is trying to expand their production and, and make it cheaper. Yeah. They're reformulating their recipe to see if they can find a way to make Just Egg cost closer to the range that a normal egg would cost. Because mm-hmm. right now it's between 7 to $10 per bottle. Which is expensive. Yeah. Because you get 12 eggs out of that is what they say, right? Yeah. So that's like, that's a lot of money when you can get like a carton of eggs for like $3, right? Yeah. So it says right now it costs the company around 20 cents to produce one vegan egg. And with their new facility, they're aiming to bring it down to 4.7 cents per egg. It could potentially cut the price by three quarters. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. Yeah. It says they're also um, working on another product, a frozen folded vegan egg, which (laughs) translation is like an omelet kind of. Also, I just have a question. I don't like maybe this is just my I don't know what the word is but like is folded egg a thing do people call it folded egg I'm sure they do this is a British site so I I think it it, folded egg in the UK yeah I feel like it could be a British term that we're not familiar with but this uh, product is expected to launch across stores in the US in April and if anyone in the States is looking to get um just egg they're available at whole foods kroger and walmart and they're also available at mid-atlantic based chain gregory's coffee gregory oh they're selling it as a breakfast item oh at gregory's tim learned oh did you do you want to <laughs> did you want to talk about tim hortons Catherine? it is next on the list we have to. <laughs> yes we will there talk is news there is news from tim hortons yeah so after going through a little bit of a roller coaster, let's say in the past year, of not really knowing what their products are, this week they came out and said, we're going to go back to basics. We're going to focus on what people really come to Tim Hortons for, which is coffee and baked goods, yeah. like donuts. So they're focusing on making their coffee better by replacing all of their brewing um, materials and freshening it up. And then maybe, I don't know, on the bean side, if they're changing anything. 
I wish Timmy's was a better place. Well, they're trying, though. They are trying now. No, Okay, this is the thing. I still don't like Timmy's as a company. Okay. It's great that you're trying to improve your product, but you're still a terrible, terrible corporation that took benefits away from your employees, like took a bunch of rights away from your employees, essentially. It's still a terrible company, regardless whether they're trying to improve their products. I Yeah, and I mean, if we talk about that then we probably also have to talk about like starbucks not being the yeah. greatest company either yeah right i mean that's also why i don't like starbucks yeah there's yeah. a ton of shitty companies out there we could just spend all day trash talking yeah. like nike and everything like that but they are trying to improve their products and one of the things they have talked about implementing is more plant-based or alternative milk options i don't believe them so right now there's franchises that will have soy milk on the menu and sometimes they do have soy milk and sometimes they don't and now tim hortons has said they're going to bring in almond milk and skim milk and skim milk yeah they don't have skim milk already no sometimes they have lactose free lactose free is another one that they'll advertise with soy milk but and not always have yeah because from i thought everywhere advertised soy milk because it was just part of their menu but it was up to the franchise to determine whether or not they wanted to bring it in or not yeah like it was one of those optional menu items i'm assuming because i have seen locations where it's not Not on on the the menu. menu yeah what's that about i don't know it's very confusing i want to interview someone at tim's well i thought so that bad. maybe somebody at tim hortons is listening to our podcast and that's why we're they're like okay let's keep trying let's bring in almond milk i think almond milk is the wrong choice <laughs> i the only reason i say so is i think that most people can tell when almond milk is in your coffee because almond milk has a pretty distinct flavor it might be the most well known i think but it doesn't mean it's the best tasting for coffee or what tea, whatever you're putting it in. Yeah. I don't know. That's a difficult, difficult call because if you put soy, that alone will turn people off because of the soy stigma, right? Yeah. They don't want to have soy. But if you put almond milk on there and they're like, okay, that could be good. And then they have a bad experience with it. It's like you've lost that person who's going to yeah. give it a shot. I think R- you should have multiple. So, it is a strong flavor. I think they should have two maybe eventually but i don't think they could start with two i think they could start with two but you're right that there is a risk the almond milk flavor is going to throw people off because it is very noticeable but it's good that they're still trying yes we'll see how it goes yeah i will go and support it i'll get ice caps with almond milk in them but yeah that's our tim hortons update almond milk for 2020 we'll see how it goes for 2020 is that the goal i think they said in spring okay it's supposed to be coming we'll see how that goes i'm skeptical i know Okay, we have one more small thing to mention, and that's that a legendary 24-hour deli in New York City, Sarge's, I think I'm saying it right? No idea. They have now introduced um, Mrs. Goldfarb's Unreal Deli Corned Beef. We talked about this last week, right? vegan night, yeah. Yeah, the Dallas Stars having their vegan night and having the corned beef sandwich. So now a deli in New York has introduced it. and is pretty high praise, I feel like. Because a Deli traditionally a deli never introduces a new item and there's a quote from the owner who is the grandson from the original owner okay and he said in today's day and age like we're not really introducing a lot of new products but we recognize that there's this plant-based shift so we want now is a new product we want yeah, yeah there's something that we can introduce and try because it's not like there's really a lot of new products in meat deli slices yeah that's what he said that, like there's no new turkey club or matzo yeah. ball so but now there finally is a new product they can introduce. Mm-hmm. So they 
it's it's also kind of cool for them to take advantage of it because as a place that probably the menu stayed the same probably since exactly however long they're 55 years they old. now are in the news and like talking about this and one of the they can actually introduce this and actually like there's something new to get people excited their customers excited about exactly but i feel like that's high praise for gold farbs is this that what is it gold is? farbs i feel like that's very high praise for a meat place yeah like a full-on blown just all meat yeah one of the, i think it's the owner of the company yeah gold farbs yeah or, she okay. said new york has always been my biggest prize but Jew- jewish delis Makes are sense. tough many haven't put anything new on the menu in years so this for her is like a huge win yeah i assume it's another one of those that probably will have cross-contamination though mm. they're not i because you'd have they to have a dedicated slicer yeah. or whatever yeah or i wonder if it comes pre-sliced I like I, I don't i wonder how they're gonna sell it to the deli it doesn't talk about that in this article yeah it does talk about the fact that it's available at the grab and go section of 58 whole foods locations in southern pacific region and at select locations of quiznos in denver colorado area yeah super random Quiznos is not my favorite place no but i would go try the beef yeah i'm very curious yeah if subway or something got something like this i would go to subway yeah now we couldn't make it to vegan night with the dallas stars unfortunately our flights just fell through or something (laughs) but we could go to new york we could make a trip to new york city that'd be so much fun and hit up this deli yeah when do they introduce it did it say like is there a date it doesn't have a date so maybe they've already brought it in is this our new thing? Planning a different trip on every episode and then not going. Then not going. <laughs> what a fun game. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait to not go to New York City. That's going to be it for this edition of In the News. I'm Devin. And I'm Catherine. And that's the way the plant-based cookie crumbles. Okay. Content growth. Yeah. So it's episode 100 uh-huh. of our podcast. Uh-huh. Who would have thunk it? Look at us. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we, we we decided, this is kind of inspired, Lisa helped develop yeah. this episode. She <laughs> she wanted us to talk about personal growth. How we've grown as people. And then we were, we were kind of hesitant and we were like, oh, what about content growth? <laughs> yeah, I'm still 5'2". I'm not growing. <laughs> So we want to basically talk about how TMG has like morphed into what it is because it has changed a lot. A lot. Um, and how we approach videos and all that kind of stuff has changed a lot. So we wanted to talk about our content growth. Yeah, let's do it. Where should we start? You want to start with videos? Sure. Since that's I feel like the, our main thing. Yeah. The only thing that's changed with the podcast is our news segment. Yeah. Which I love how that came about. Yeah. I love our podcast now. Oh. Our podcast before didn't really. I guess we're starting with the podcast. Yeah. Our podcast before didn't really feel like it had a purpose. We were just doing it because we liked doing it. There was no real like yeah. plan or thing about it. But now it feels like it has a purpose. Like we have that little bit of structure at the beginning and it makes it a resource for people. Yeah. So they have a reason to come back. We're providing some kind of value. We didn't really know what that was yeah. at first. And now we know. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay. But videos. Oh, videos. Please don't go and watch the first ones. <laughs> we should just make them private. Yeah. No, we should. <laughs> There's some that are pretty bad um Devin yes how do you view how our channel has grown from a video standpoint like quality or from a content standpoint at all recipe quality or video quality or whatever it is or how we talk on camera I very much think our recipes have kind of changed with the way that we have changed yes like in our they tend to reflect 
well your eating habits a yeah. lot right because you're developing the recipes, recipes yeah. yeah so sometimes you'll be I think if you watch a lot of cooking shows you'll like want to do fancier stuff and Accurate. then when life gets busier like we're going simple now this is what mm-hmm. we need accurate and i like that we have that mix because it just comes from yeah how, how we're feeling and it keeps it different you know it shakes it up a little bit we don't have this like necessarily like we have like an overarching theme of everything is we just want to make vegan food taste good yeah and be delicious and generally easier recipes like you won't see us making seitan Oh, God, no. On our channel, just because, like, that's not us. That's not the kind of veganism we want to promote. Not that it's bad. It's just, like, we don't want to share recipes that are going to take three hours to make, you know? We're not about that. Um, So they always, there's always, like, this overarching theme of, generally speaking, fairly easy to make recipes. Um, But I like that they change because it keeps us more interested, I think. Mm-hmm. And I hope it keeps people more interested. Do you think the fact that it does change so much is why our growth has been so slow because we don't have this like we're not like this one gimmick resource to be like this is where i go if i need this yeah yeah it's like we don't know what we're getting from tmg this month yeah (laughs) are they gonna be healthy this month maybe i don't know they might only be healthy for one video it's gonna be all buffalo sauce this month is devin in charge all of a sudden yes um but yeah i think we have added in some constants though Mm -hmm. like our challenges now are like for the most part a once a month thing Uh for the most part sometimes they don't happen once a month but they've become like a pretty constant fixture and they're not generally focused towards whole foods all the time it's just like really really good food yeah and i would say there's not really like they can kind of be whatever mm-hmm. like i don't feel like there's pressure yeah even though it's the one time where we're like audience tell us exactly how you feel about this yeah. and vote on it but for me i feel like you know what they can be I'm, super simple yeah, yeah i'm gonna just embrace what i would actually want to eat and just ignore the voice in my head that says this is super basic Devin. is this a recipe yeah or well, you're I not just take a bunch of store-bought things and mash it together? you're not even trying <laughs> but then i make it anyways yeah because this is my truth take it or um, leave it Another constant is our cookbook reviews, which people love. Yeah. And I love doing them. They're so much fun. They are very fun. Um, and they're a different style. Yeah. That's the biggest thing between like the Sunday videos and the Wednesday videos. Very different style. Which we, I think it's more of an us style. Like I think our personalities come through yeah. on the cookbook um, reviews more than our normal just regular recipe videos. Yeah. Because you'll see us burn our mouths and burn cookies <laughs> and it's just us you know please go watch um which one was that vegan and seven vegan and oh, no seven. no it was the 15 minute one right the one where everything takes up 15 minutes or less yes yeah go watch that review <laughs> it's great that's us that's that is literally yes. us um there's no video that is more us it's so true <laughs> Catherine, it's hot it's hot don't eat it oh no no <laughs> it is 100 percent us like 10 times in that video yeah, yeah um and then our um not as much as a constant but something we would like to make more of a constant the kitchen takeovers yeah yeah where we bring other people in and they have to deal with and those are so much fun chaos chaos mm-hmm. they're so much fun yeah i think you see a little bit more of us in those and you see a little bit more of the person who's cooking yeah like depending on our relationship with them too Mm -hmm. the video will change because it's like how familiar are we with these people how much do we film we want them to still be comfortable that's always a balance but i think we give a good insight to their cooking 
style and yeah. stuff more than you would if we had some other way of bringing them into the kitchen yeah and their thought process yeah of like when they open a fridge what where does their mind go immediately yeah. like they there could be a bunch of things in a fridge but they see tofu and they're like oh i'm using that yeah like what does their mind go to first and it's kind of cool it's like inside the mind of a home cook uh-huh. you, you know? make a lot of guesses off their first instincts yeah yeah now we're just analyzing them <laughs> it's very intimidating yeah um so we have some constants in our channel which i think mm-hmm. are important to have like i think people come for the cookbook reviews it seems mm-hmm. um and people really like the challenges the challenges always tend to do well yeah um but i also think doing that kind of stuff has maybe made our other content not do as well oh. i think that's right because our recipe content i think doesn't do as well as it used to do yeah and I think it's because we have those other series that are maybe a little bit more fun. Not yeah. saying our regular stuff isn't fun. I love doing it. And I think it's fun to watch too. I think we're hilarious. <laughs> um, but I think the other content where it's pure, just kind of like you learn something, but it's pretty much through and through entertainment. Mm-hmm. Like we're just, it's just us being us and you'll happen to learn things along the way, hopefully. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of stuff, the stuff that we do maybe just like once a month or here and there has actually maybe been taking away from our other stuff. And I'm not mad about it. Yeah. But it's just something I've noticed. Because it is a pretty big contrast, I yeah. guess. And those videos are a lot of fun to do. They're a lot more work, right? They take yeah. us usually at least a half a day. day. Or at yeah. least, yeah. Sometimes one video can take a full day versus when we're doing recipe content, we can do three in a day yeah. sometimes. And same with the editing. Like yeah. the editing is like triple as long. Because well, it, there's like no formula, right? Exactly. And there's usually like way more footage and it's kind of all over the place. And you got to go through all of these things <laughs> and figure out what's good enough. I usually yeah. have like a 30 minute cut and then I'm like, oh, too long. How can I cut this down? I also think that we wouldn't be able to do cookbook reviews or challenge videos when we started. No. Because we were too shy on camera. Oh, yeah. No way. And now we just don't care. At all. Like in a good way. Not yeah. in a... We don't... Like we let our personality show. We're not trying to hide who we are. Because we're not as we self-conscious. Think, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not that we don't care about our content. We just don't care we what care you think our- of us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, it sounds kind of bad, but it's kind of true. Like, I yeah. don't, like, I'm not mad about people not liking our content or not liking our personalities because, like, just go watch something yeah. else. Like, we're, I know we're not going to be for everybody. And it's not like we're being offensive or vulgar. Yeah. We're just we're kind just of annoying. being, <laughs> <laughs> we're just, um, we're just being goofy. Yeah, goofy. <laughs> I was going to say we are, uh, charmingly annoying oh yeah would anyone else agree with that i think charming might be optional for some people but just annoying (laughs) and this let me remind you we're talking about our best content in our best content we are annoying i mean i don't view annoying as such a negative word i think annoying is just a character trait um i don't know are you okay it's like the word like (laughs) just told me this before too like i i think when people say the word tacky you mean it as kind of an insult? Yeah. I don't think of it that way either. I don't know. It's just the way I view words sometimes. Okay. I don't call people annoying. I just call myself annoying. Okay. Because I know and most say people that it's view okay. annoying as insulting. But I don't care if people find me annoying because I kind of find me annoying. But it's fun annoying. You don't think it's a bad annoying? No. Okay. I don't think so, but maybe I'm wrong. Because there's like annoying when a car alarm is going off all night. And yes. then there's annoying when you're eating and laughing too much and it's like can you just focus yeah 
Obviously, if we were too, if we were car alarm annoying, we wouldn't have almost 10,000 followers. You're right. So. We'd have 50,000. <laughs> <laughs> so we need to be car alarm annoying. <laughs> but I really like where TMG is at. Me too. I do wish the recipe videos did a little better because I'm very proud of most of those recipes. And I think they're really delicious recipes. Yeah. And I think it's very important and it's always been very important for us to have those and for those to be the constant because when it comes to putting stuff out online it's like what is the value mm-hmm. what resource are you and we yeah. always have that like yeah. we have a recipe every week for you whether it's popular or not we are putting out the yeah. recipes because at least one person is gonna like each of those recipes yeah i think and that's still a win i think when we were talking about our channel is that we always wanted it to be a resource not necessarily a resource for entertainment like that yeah. wasn't our main purpose with the channel if you get entertainment out of it like from these other ones that's awesome and i'm so happy about that because obviously we still want to be enjoyable to watch but the first resource was always just recipes really good yummy tasty recipes yeah um and then you know we get to have some fun on the side <laughs> and you guys get to have some fun on the side <laughs> i mean i hope you have fun in our recipe videos too because i really like them they are quite they're fun. very like I think they're a good mix of fun with the minutes and minutes and minutes of us talking. Oh, yeah. Um, but then you also get those awesome, like, food porny shots, you mm-hmm. know? I Yeah, because sometimes I think, am I putting too much in the intros and in the outros? And then I think, no. I mean, I do trim out a lot. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, that is trimming out a lot, guys. <laughs> yeah. And you guys say that it's too long. Think about what I have to go through. <laughs> But I think about like if it was a cooking show, people come for the personalities yeah. and they come for the cooking. So I need to make sure that we get yeah. both of those things. I think maybe where and it's hard it would be so much harder for us to do this and that's I think why we don't do it this way. I think where the disconnect is is because it's all talking, then cooking, then all talking. Yeah. If we could mix it into the middle, but that's just way higher production than we're able to do with just two people like if we had if we were able to hire somebody and do all that i think we could easily do that we like have better mics all that kind of stuff but that's just not we're not at that point they would also they would kind of become more like our cookbook reviews except i'd have to be filming every single move that you make like when we do a cookbook review that's why we need more people yeah Yeah. we purposely don't show every shot because we're not trying to give away the recipes right because it's not our recipes whereas if it was one of our recipes and we wanted to show you the whole process but still have like that banter and stuff i'd have to be filming a lot more of the time yeah and again the editing would probably triple yeah it would be like more of a cooking show like you watch a traditional cooking show the person's talking and going through the recipe while they're making the recipe which is just like it's not for people who don't do this full time and do this essentially one day a week of just shooting we don't have the time to do it that way And be able to keep ahead and keep on our schedule that we want to. Because we have a pretty strict schedule when it comes to our videos. I think not everyone necessarily does. But I think the schedule works for us. And if we put anything in there that it messed it up, I don't like. I don't think we'd enjoy it anymore. Yeah. I think the structure helps us make sure we enjoy it yeah. and not get too stressed out. I'm so glad that we still have the recipes as the constant. Because yeah. I'm at the point where with editing, because it is such a formula... 
I can just I like I can hammer it out yeah so quickly yeah you're very ahead on the editing right now I know and also because on your end like the recipes have been very simple lately because you've been really busy so for Mm -hmm. both of us we've simplified things because we don't have a lot of time right now so I'm really glad that we keep the recipes the way they are because I don't have time for more videos that are like the Wednesday videos because those edits take so much longer I love doing them but I don't have the time time. Yeah. yeah Like, we need social lives still. And we need of. sleep, actually. Sleep and food, you know. Yeah. And somewhat of a social life. Yeah, I don't want to be and sitting you have time on the for couch. Other jobs. Oh, right. That was. <laughs> um, but uh, I wish we can get to that point one day where we can create like that cooking show style content where we're talking and cooking at the same time. It's just not going to be there anytime soon, that I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it'll never be there, but I'm fine if it never gets there either. So. Yeah. I think what's also interesting is we talk about like going to a higher production value. But then if you look at some of our Wednesday videos, we're testing the limits of how little production we can get away with. By filming on our phones all the time. Yeah. Like we've started doing these um, grocery hauls and grocery visits. People like them. Yeah. But we kind of made a point to film a lot of them on our phones because just self-awareness. I know that when we bring in our somewhat bigger camera into a store we're automatically more self-conscious and then everyone in the store is more self-conscious yeah Yeah, and you'll get asked to stop and stuff like that so we've just started filming on our phones because i would rather us show the important stuff and have the quality suffer a little bit yeah then we're not getting as much yeah we're basically um we're decreasing quality to increase personality and useful information like, because we think what you get out of the video is more important than how the video looks. Yeah. And sounds. And I, like, I know the biggest thing with the phones is the, the audio. Sound. It's yeah. not great from some of them, but I can help it as much as possible in the edit, too. Yeah. Whereas when we stop filming on the bigger camera and I just don't have footage to work with, that sucks a lot yeah. more. And also, I don't think anyone complained in the first one about no, sound or quality. They didn't. That's what I also noticed. So, I mean, ma- that's not to say people won't eventually complain yeah. about it. But, like, so far, we don't know why we work so hard. <laughs> and, like, rightfully so, they should want good quality. Yeah. I would want good quality. But right now, because we're shifting to doing these more th- things more in public, yeah, we're going back to how can we be comfortable doing this? Yeah. And then once we get more comfortable... How can we make the best content for you? Exactly. Yeah. And then I think when we get more comfortable, we'll be more comfortable bringing in yeah. a different camera. But right now, we're kind of making a transition. So the yeah. content will reflect that. But I do also think that it comes down to the type of content too. Like I think... If we started sacrificing video and audio quality on recipe videos, I don't think people would be happy with that. Yeah. But a grocery haul is just such a more relaxed style of video anyways. People just want to see what's available, what's vegan at this place, so that they don't necessarily care as much about the quality of it. Yeah. It kind of goes back to like the whole vlog trend, right? Yeah. Vlogs are supposed to be casual, even though they saw this peak where they got super high. And people were like planning things out and doing these shots and all this stuff. Like the Casey Neistat's and the Peter McKinnon's of the world. Ruining vlogs—they're <laughs> so beautiful, but we cannot keep up. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think the transition that our YouTube channel has gone through has been a very good one. I'm really liking where it's at in 2020. Me too. But I also never could have predicted where it would be at. Yeah, how yeah. it would play out, or Me that either. it would be where it is now. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things. I think it was like a couple weeks ago where I like looked back and I was like, "Wow, I've like 
TMG 2020, I'm liking all of it so far. Yeah. Um, I'm really happy where it's at. Meanwhile, blog content on my side of it, because you don't do anything on the blog. No. Um, I've actually trimmed down a lot on the blog mm-hmm. just because I don't have the time to do any of it. I wish I could do more. Mm-hmm. And I wish our blog could be better than it is. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that it can't. I'd rather sacrifice on the blog than on like YouTube and whatever else platforms we have and socials and stuff yeah like we've always had youtube as like number one this is our biggest focus yeah you have to have the blog because you have to have the written recipes right to be somewhere yeah and then you used to do a lot of more supplementary content and i don't know like did was the return on that because some of the biggest posts some of them like i still do i still do them randomly yeah um but i only really do specific ones anymore that i know will do well so it's like what things are vegan in canada like that is still one of our top posts ever um or like um when we talk about food festivals and like really basic like kind of listicle stuff yeah it's like a list of things i do those or like recipe roundups that are easier for me to do i don't write necessarily things about like vegan protein and all that kind of stuff because they just didn't really do that well and we're also not even the professionals in there anyways so yeah writing it was kind of a waste of my time if no one was going to read it anyways so and those didn't need to be consistent in the same way, right? Yeah. If you've got something that makes a really good blog post, write the post and yeah. put it up. If you don't, like, don't try to force it, exactly, right? Exactly, yeah. And it, it kind of got to that point at one point because we tried to do them every other week, I believe, at one point. And it mm-hmm. was like at a point where I was like, I don't know what to write this week. I just have to write something. So I just came up with some random thing. And it was just such a waste of my time because no one wants to read it it doesn't matter so it just just morphed into when i have an idea if there's like father's day coming up we'll do a recipe roundup on father's day recipes and things like that or whatever it is um it just has morphed into i'm gonna write whenever there's actually something to write about Mm -hmm. i think we get caught up like that a lot thinking like we have to be doing all of these things and we have to be doing them at this level or it's not good enough and then we try to and we're like oh wait no we don't yeah like this is too much we're allowed to step back like i'm in that like because like i don't think there's a lot of people that actually read our blog Uh like they go there for the recipes and i think that's about it which i have no problem with yeah but there's that balance of like you want good seo so for good seo you can't just post a recipe you have to like write content for a blog this has to be a certain length and all that kind of stuff so like that stuff takes so much time and it's so annoying to do i like i like writing blog posts it's just annoying when you know that like no one's probably going to actually read this blog post. I'm spending hours doing this for no reason. Um, but um, where I've actually shifted my... In what, instead of trying to write and do more on the blog, to make the blog perform better, I've actually shifted my focus to Pinterest. Mm-hmm. I've shifted to promoting on Pinterest over almost any other social Yeah. Um, in order to make the blog perform better. And it's working, so... It's not like crazy growth, but like it's a good amount of growth that I've noticed at least. So it makes it worth it. And it makes sense for the kind of content that we have, right? Yeah. P- Pinterest is just a search engine now. And one of the first things people go there for is recipes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the blog is kind of, I think the blog is still kind of in a weird limbo-y place mm-hmm. that I wish I had more time to do things for. And I do think it needs a whole like, overhaul because it's not the best performing blog out there. yeah there's a lot we could do to fix it but it would be a lot of work it's a lot of work that we just don't have time and i'm trying to do it slowly but like i'll try and like i'll do it once a week like i'll spend two hours on a monday night and just go through everything slowly but then things just come up it's yeah so much <laughs> um so 
the blog is a work in progress still mm-hmm. we're trying to figure it out <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work but then we're also kind of like trying to shift our instagram content a little more we keep yes. getting told like put your personalities on instagram more because yeah, we're still like so. very food forward on instagram yes not a lot of cat and dev there which is also kind of just kind of either like we're not comfortable necessarily talking to camera all the time like just holding a phone out and talking and also just we don't have time yeah um so we've shifted we've tried to like do fun things where we can add more of our personalities but it doesn't actually take a lot more of our time yeah which i think has worked a lot so far like at least i've been liking the content we've been putting out i like it but so we've been doing what i ate in a day like each of us will take a day to post what we've been eating lately it's not always the same day we post late all over the place roughly you know yeah and i like it but it is more time than i thought it would be Mm -hmm. because like usually i'll just randomly collect stuff throughout the day and then at 10 30 at night i'm like oh yeah i need to post all this And then it's like half an hour of posting it. Yeah. Because it's like, I what do I caption with this? I like? don't think people realize how much time Instagram stories takes. Like, Instagram stories is supposed to be those quick things. But, like, making an Instagram story look good or to the point where you want it to look is so much work. Mm-hmm. And I don't even try that hard a lot of the yeah. times. Like, I simplify it a lot. But I'm like, I need to say funny stuff at least. <laughs> I have to be funny. So yeah. that takes time. Yeah. Um. So I hope you guys have been enjoying that stuff. I've been enjoying doing it. Like, I think it's nice to see something different on our Instagram mm-hmm. and use Instagram stories a little better because we're not good at posting Instagram stories, at least before that. Um, but now we also have like, at least we're not trying to do it every day. We do it once a week. And I also like it started as like post what you ate that day. Yeah. And now it's just shifted to post what you've been eating lately. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of helps to not have this necessarily it doesn't need to be organized you just kind of post exactly and like especially last week i was so usually like tuesday supposed to be my day and i'm like yeah. going through my day i'm like this is all the exact same <laughs> stuff i posted last week this is garbage yeah but it really it very much is this habit you start to develop yeah. where i'll be like oh let me just get a quick shot of this because i have to do this whereas i didn't really have that impulse as much yeah. before but it's like building on it and it's also me always telling myself it doesn't need to be perfect it doesn't mean yeah. need to be the most like aesthetic shot it's just for the story they don't like they're not looking for something fancy no. they just want to know what you're eating yeah behind the scenes Some ideas so i always tell myself to just like yeah. not overthink it yeah, that's the I, biggest problem most i don't even try and make them necessarily look like i don't try and style food in any way or i'm like oh, i need to take a photo of this it needs to look good i literally just take out my phone snap a quick pic i'm like okay they can see what it is that's all it needs to be exactly yeah. Um, like, if I'm at my desk in my office, there's no natural light. It's not super aesthetic. Yeah. You're just getting the truth. <laughs> um, which I think people appreciate. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we've also been doing uh, Shop with Dev. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite piece of content we're doing right now. <laughs> Shop with Dev. I should not be allowed to go to the grocery store, like, ever, especially not unsupervised. Yeah. Shop with Dev is my favorite thing. That doesn't have a schedule. That just happens whenever Dev goes to the grocery store. <laughs> Um, where Devin has this habit of like picking up real random things at the grocery <laughs> store. She goes for like green onions and leaves with like cinnamon buns and turnovers and cereal. True story. Um, so Devin has this thing of going to the grocery store for like one or two things and then somehow going through like every aisle of the grocery store looking for new vegan things. So I thought it was hilarious because she kept sending them to me basically being like, can you confirm this is vegan or whatever, or just showing me the new vegan find she found. I thought it was hilarious. So I told her to post them on Instagram. So now it's a thing with Shop with Dev. 
It is. And I think it's also very, very useful. It's hilarious, but it's useful to people who live in our, who have similar grocery stores to us. I hope it's useful. Like I am aiming to be like, look at all these weirdly vegan things I'm finding. It's like a treasure hunt. I think it in a way makes veganism more accessible because you're like, hey, look, this random product that didn't try and be vegan, that isn't trying to be healthy, that isn't trying to do this is vegan you can eat this yeah yeah and i get so excited by those things so i'm like why not share it like i've been vegan for three years now and i'm still discovering new things every time (laughs) i go to the grocery store um so i'm liking where our instagram content is going our feed is still food Food yeah and a photo game strong thank you that we should talk about cats like photography journey because man that has leveled up it is it's very it's I think there's one recipe in 2020 that I was like, oh, the photos could have been better. But I'm very happy with the, where the photos are. Yeah, no, your photos are so good. Thank you. I'm so impressed. Yeah, it's... I think uh, I get th- I go through phases with photography where I get really lazy sometimes. Uh-huh. Like, I love photography. But sometimes, like, it's a lot of work to set up flash because we do almost everything with flash photography now. Mm-hmm. Um, to set up flash, set up the backdrop, do all this stuff. It's a lot of work and it's really messy. Um so sometimes like i go through these phases where like i'm really lazy i'm like i'm just gonna use natural light i'm just gonna do this and nothing wrong with natural light but it's very inconsistent and it shows like it's one of those things where like i'll go back in our photos and i'm like oh i should have just brought out the flash for this yeah so i'm trying to make it more of a conscious effort to be like every photo we do i'm gonna use flash Mm -hmm. so that at least it can look consistent and make my editing life so much easier and not that the edit's necessarily much harder it's just I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, this photo could have been so much better if I just spent an extra five or so minutes and took out the flash and set it up. Um, So, uh, and because we don't have time, there's not like, I can't be like, I'm just going to reshoot this. Yeah. Um, We don't have a lot of money to reshoot things and we don't have a lot of time to reshoot things. There's some that are like, I'll reshoot because I just, I don't want to post that. (laughs) Um, But uh, no, 2020 has been a good year for photos. And I'm like, happy with them. I think your like quality of using the camera and using the flash have like seriously improved. But then just your styling too. Like when you'll just be hanging out one night and remake an ep- or an episode, a <laughs> recipe from years ago, you're like, I just wanted to reshoot it. The styling of those recipes too is just like insanely better. Yeah. You you learn a lot just I think people don't realize because like I haven't taken any food styling courses. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at videos about food styling. When I'm looking at videos to improve my skills photography it's not food styling it's learning my camera better learning all that kind of stuff but uh i think people underestimate the um power of just observation looking Mm -hmm. at other people's photos and being like oh i didn't think i could have done that like oh i see they used layers here instead of this like with the um the coke the oats the overnight oats oh yeah that photo took a major glow up oh my goodness um and like understanding colors and like because we used peaches i think in the first one yeah um just like sliced peaches on top i was like wow and like overnight oats are not the prettiest thing to look at but like if you add like bright colors from berries in it and stuff it makes the photo just look so much better and you learn that just kind of by observing other people's food styling yeah but i think restaurants and stuff like that like that right there that tip is huge for anybody who's producing any kind of content if you are producing it you should be consuming a lot 
of content. Yeah. Like I know sometimes it's a bad idea to consume too much of the same content because then you'll just find yourself accidentally copying too much. But I think you need a balance of consuming the kind of content that you're part of and then consuming some kind of complementary content. Yeah. And that goes for like videos. That goes for if you're producing a podcast or doing photos, like consume the content because it helps in the process, whether you realize it or not. It's an important step. I, I would say there's two main steps, at least for photography. It's probably all content, but at least from the photography side, the two main things, consume content and know the basics. Mm. like learn how to use your camera i should have learned how to use my camera way earlier than i did i think it's been a learning process throughout of being like oh that's what that's for that's what that's for um but like learn that stuff right at the beginning like understand what each function does and how it affects your your end photo and all that kind of stuff because like i there was a point too in tmg where i was like in the like the thought process of uh, everything's at 2.8 so everything's got that blurry background Mm -hmm. um I have to keep everything at 100 ISO for minimal blur, all this stuff. And then you just kind of realize you're like, your camera goes up to like 2000 ISO for a reason. It can do it. Um, It doesn't always need to be this exact same setting all the time. Some photos look better when you're not at 2.8. Some photos look better at five, all that kind of stuff. And you just kind of, once you understand those basics, your photos, at least photos side of it, your photos get so much better, Mm -hmm. so much better. You understand that if I go up to five, then I have to bring this down in order to make this better or I have to increase my flash or do whatever this or like understand that too much flash power makes the photo not look as great. You get bigger shadows and all that kind of stuff. Like understanding the basics, I think is so important as well as consuming content. Mm -hmm. And that comes with a lot of practice too. Yeah. Like we're three years later. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Has it been? Yeah. Just over three years. Three years October. Yeah. And a hundred podcast episodes. (laughs) Yeah. This is a fun one. How do you think our podcast is going to, before we wrap up? Yeah. How do you think our podcast is going to shift? I don't know. Me neither. Oh, actually, I know one thing. We're going to get better mics. Oh, yes. Please. I tell myself that every week. Yes, <laughs> please. Um, I do think our podcast has taken a little shift to, we talk way more about veganism than we initially wanted to, I think. Yeah. Not that we don't enjoy it now. I yeah. think we really enjoy it, but it's become wholeheartedly a vegan podcast, less so a food blogging podcast um and i do miss talking about the food blogging stuff a little bit but i just think we have there's more stuff to talk about in the vegan world sometimes yeah that we that we feel confident enough to talk about exactly and it's trying to get a sense of like what our listeners want to hear too i feel like most of our listeners come from our channel yeah and probably want more vegan centric but i don't know because we actually we don't get a lot of feedback on the podcast Mm. either so we're just kind of we're just doing yeah doing what we think (laughs) let us know All right. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of Camera Eats First. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to any previous episodes. If this is your first episode or this is your 100th or 50th, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any more. If you're listening on Apple, give us a rating and review because it helps our podcast reach more people. And if you're listening on the app Anchor, you can call in and leave us a voice message because we love hearing from our listeners. If you want to find any of our vegan recipes, they're at twomarketgirls.com. We are Two Market Girls on YouTube, on Pinterest, on Twitter, on Facebook. And check out Instagram for all this bonus content we've been talking about. (laughs) Come grocery shopping with me on a wild adventure. All right. That's it from us. Bye. Bye. Bye.